Hello, and welcome to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. Please enter the matrix now. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to episode number 43 of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. As always, I am your host, Adam Levy, and I am so glad for you to be joining me for this special edition episode of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast. We just dropped episode number 42 yesterday, and now it is Sunday, the final day of week 15 action in the NLL, and we are dropping another episode uh, I don't normally do that, but when there's some big performances going on like Mitch Jones has had, I, I had that uh, kind of interject with the episode that I was going to be doing before. So now we were turning back the clock a little bit and going to a guy who is playing for the newest franchise in the National Lacrosse League. I am talking about Reed Reinhold. But what's so interesting about Reed is not just that he is a player on the newest franchise in the National Lacrosse League. And of course, uh, despite their loss in week 15, they have been playing quite well of late. He is also the vice president of the NLLPA, vice president and executive director, I should say. So we are going to be talking to Reed about a couple of different things. First, of course, about how things have been going with the Desert Dogs and his role on the Desert Dogs, which, by the way, is, as you'll learn, it is different than the role that he played when he was with the Toronto Rock for the first majority of his career. So we are now going to head into the numbers of the week. If you're ready to talk about some NLLPA news and notes, as well as some NLL action. So our numbers of the week this week are two and a half and 150. So you know what time it is now. Let's go feast for some nuggets because we are ready for some knowledge and some delicious crunchy chicken. Not that there's actually any chicken in the Matrix, but anyway, nuggets. Let's get after those nuggets and head into the Matrix. It's been a busy two and a half years for the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, Reed Reinhold. Going back two and a half years ago, now we're talking about October 2020. So this was during the COVID stoppage of the National Lacrosse League. The NLLPA did hold elections, which eventually formed a new leadership group, which is now headed by Zach Courier as the president of the NLLPA and our featured guest of the week, Reed Reinhold, who is the vice president and executive director of the NLLPA. Reed and Zach have been very busy along with the other members of the leadership group, uh, most notably including Guy Nash, the former NLL goaltender who is the treasurer of the NLLPA, John Rosa, who is the secretary of the NLLPA, and Jason Jaros, who is the general counsel of the NLLPA, alongside all the player representatives, one from each team of the National Lacrosse League. Zach and Reed have really put in a lot of time working on negotiations and ratifying CBAs, 
But I'll let Reed get into the more of the nitty gritty of, of, of the workings behind the scenes with the NLLPA when I uh, talk to him in our conversation this week. But first, I wanted to talk to him about what it was like uh, joining the Las Vegas Desert Dogs and what it's been like for him adjusting after so many years with the Toronto Rock, him starting his career in 2017 with the Toronto Rock as a forward and then playing four seasons with them. Reinhold did not play in 2019. So this is his first season with the Desert Dogs after playing four seasons with the Toronto Rock. So here's what Reed had to say about what it's like to be a member of this NLL's newest franchise. It's been great. Um, obviously, as a um, expansion team, it's a bit of a learning curve. So the first couple games, we were just figuring out our systems, figuring out each other and how each other play. But um, as we've kind of grown together off the floor, we've grown together on the floor as well. And, um, you know, between players and between coaches and uh, getting kind of a, a routine going too is, is helpful as well. Vegas is a pretty busy place. So, you know, figuring out a, a good weekly routine and just kind of, Getting in the swing of things has, has helped us a lot. So I think, you know, we're going into games now. We know what to expect um, from each other. We know what to expect from the coaches. We know what to kind of expect from sort of our overall schedule and, and game plan. So it's it's been uh, it's been a learning curve, but uh, I feel like we're, we're trending in the right direction now. Now, I feel like I just need to be clear for just one second. I did speak to Reed last week, so this was before the Desert Dogs' 14-5 loss in Week 15 action. Uh, That was against the Vancouver Warriors uh, just on Saturday night. So I did speak to him before the, the pretty significant loss against the Warriors, but this was after the outdoor game and the loss to San Diego, who obviously is one of the best teams in the National Lacrosse League, and the Desert Dogs lost 15-12 to 12 there and made it a pretty interesting contra- contest through the majority of the game, really until the, the last few minutes of the game. So it was, it was a competitive contest, and I think that there was a lot uh, of positives to be taken out of that game. After starting this NLL season 0-4, the Desert Dogs have now won four of their last seven. Now, of course, when I spoke to Reed, it was four of their last six, including a massive win against the Calgary Roughnecks, who are now in second place in the West Conference after their Week 15 win against the Colorado Mammoth. They are now 8-4. So, that's obviously a big trend in the right direction. So here's what Reed had to say about their their turnaround and now being in a position where they are fighting for one of the last playoff spots in the West. I think I think a lot of it is just sort of natural growth for a expansion team. Um, you know, we were really trying to figure out and understand exactly what each of our roles were in each particular situation um systematically so understanding our systems better and and believing in your systems and trusting each other that everyone's going to do the system properly um was really important and so i think that also leads into sort of just the belief factor as well um you know you come in and you think everyone wants to tell themselves like i know that we can be successful and we can we can get some wins. We got good players, et cetera. Good coaching, et cetera. But um, 
it, it takes it takes a moment or two for guys to really believe that oh we can we can hang in this league we can beat these guys um, and so I think your example of the Vancouver kind of couple games um, really helped kickstart that for us and just continuing to be competitive I think has been really helpful too so I think every game we're going into now we're kind of of the mindset of you know why not why not us? Why why shouldn't we win this game? Um, we're just as good. If we do everything that we're supposed to do, we we should have success. So um, even last game, we thought we played pretty well um, and gave ourselves an opportunity to win, but ultimately we just didn't pull it out. But um, yeah, I think I think things are going are going good, and, and we're starting to believe in ourselves more and more. Reed noted that one of the big reasons that the team has improved, obviously the leadership and the coaching staff, but also very importantly, the leadership on the floor and in the locker room with some of his teammates. So here's what Reed had to say about the leaders of his group, specifically Rob Hellyer, who is actually Reed's former teammate with the Toronto Rock and Zach Greer. Yeah, he, he's been great. Him and, uh, and Zach Greer have been awesome leaders on the front on the front end there. Um, and then we have some, some veteran guys at the back end as well. And um, one thing that my college coach always told me is you can't just have good leaders. You have to have good followers too. And not everybody can be a leader and not everybody's going to be a follower. So um, I think we all not only have good leaders, but we have, we have players that are really bought into kind of, what they're saying and the, and the message they're sending. So we also have some really good um, followers, if if you want to call them that. Um, so I think it's been a really good mix of sort of everyone gelling together and just sort of understanding their roles and and playing those roles. Now, looking at Reed's role individually, Reed was a forward with the Toronto Rock for the first four years of his NLL career and he amassed 59 goals and 76 assists in 52 games played. This season with the Desert Dogs, Reed playing a more defensive role, and we're about to touch on that with Reed in just a moment, but playing a more defensive role in those 10 games with the Desert Dogs has six goals, seven assists for 13 points, and then you see that he also has 27 loose balls as well as three caused turnovers. Reed has missed one game this season, but that puts him on pace for 23 points, 43, sorry, 44 loose balls, and five caused turnovers. Now, those 44 loose balls and five caused turnovers would be the second highest season totals of his career. Now, in 2018, he set career highs in those categories with 74 loose balls and eight caused turnovers. So you might be asking, well, why are Reed's offensive numbers down and his defense-related numbers up? And that's because Reed is now playing a more defensive-style role with his new team. So here's what Reed had to say about making this kind of change. Yeah, it's been a bit of a, a unique year. Um, I started kind of out the front gate, sort of as I've been used to playing um, in Toronto. And the last few games, I've been playing out, out of the back gate and sort of um, doing a little bit of both, staying on offense sometimes every once in a while, depending on the game situation or what quarter it is. And if we have a long change, I'll play some out of the front gate and then go back and play defense as well. So I think there's um, been a bit more trust in me to play some quality defensive minutes, um, which I've 
I've actually enjoyed a lot more than I expected. Um, and then sort of just being a bit more on the second face-off team, second short man, and just kind of learning a bit of a new role because uh, I think Willie wanted some, some players that can play at both ends. And um, so myself and Jacob Rue have been doing a bit of both lately. He's he's done a bit more offense than I have, but um, yeah, it's, it's been a bit of an adjustment, but it's been kind of fun and I'm always happy to do whatever it takes to win. So it's been fun learning a new role and um, I've, we've seen a bit of success so far since we've made some of these changes. So it's, uh, it's, it's cool. One of the questions I feel like is always going to be asked about the desert dogs and the guys who, who play for this team, especially when they're in their late twenties and early thirties, uh, is how do they manage playing in Las Vegas, a city that just never stops? There's so much action, so many things going on that make you just want to not focus on, on what you're doing, the realities of life. So here's what Reed had to say about what it's like to play in Las Vegas. You're heading to the, the morning shoe round or breakfast around 7 or 8 in the morning, and you see some of the same people that you saw when you were heading back. Um, <laughs> after practice the night before and they're kind of in the similar spot <laughs> doing the same thing because you know it's uh it's a bit eye-opening um but uh yeah it, it's it's a city that doesn't sleep so it's kind of it's kind of bizarre um um yeah you just kind of it's always going there's always bright light um you just have to try to find a way to shut it down at the end of every night because even kind of the the hotel rooms and stuff can be a little bit busy and loud um, in the hallways. And so you just got to really figure out a way to shut it down and recharge and get ready for the game the next night. And, you know, when you're surrounded by all of these lights, actions, and you see people gambling, you hear all the noise, you, you, you see all the attractions, it's obviously uh, can be very distracting. So here's what Reed had to say about the guys not being distracted, at least so far, by the glitz and glamour of Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Strip. We haven't really had um, too much of a discussion. There isn't really any rules in place. Um, I think we just have, you know, some good leadership, and we have young guys that are focused and determined, and they're mature professionals so we haven't really had any issues yet with anybody but um it seems like everybody's just super focused on the the task at hand we've made some adjustments in terms of timing of having a bit earlier of a practice the night before so that we can get dinner a little bit earlier and then a little bit earlier shoot around so that we can get um lunch a little bit sooner and get our nap in as well so um, some minor adjustments with kind of schedule and timing, but other than that, um, our team's been quite focused and um, pretty good at preparation, I would say. Moving on now to what we'll call part two of episode number 43 of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast is the focus on what Reed has been doing with the NLL Players Association. Obviously, as I mentioned at the onset of the podcast, he is the vice president and executive director of the NLLPA. If you remember, Reed and Zach Courier did take over as the vice president and president, respectively. 
of the NLLPA in October of 2020. Now, within a few weeks of taking over those roles, the two decided, and they, the NLLPA as a whole decided, that they were going to opt out of what was then the original deal of the collective bargaining agreement, and that meant that their deal would expire in July of 2022. This obviously meant that they would have to renegotiate a deal with the NLL to come up with a collective bargaining agreement that all parties would agree upon. And what was interesting about the negotiations, obviously, this was prior to Brett Frew, the, the now commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, coming in and and everything that he was working towards. So this was with Commissioner Nick Sikiewicz and, and the crew that he had around him negotiating to come up with a deal that worked for the players. And eventually they were able to do that. Only a couple of days after that July 2022 date when the old CBA expired, there was a new deal that was reached and the new CBA was formed. But enough of me rambling about the CBA and, and the behind the scenes and the negotiations and the history of the CBA. Let's have Reed tell you about where things stand now, which is about seven months after the CBA was agreed upon and where things are, are headed. We're still kind of finishing up the, the draft, um, the CBA draft. Um, so we, we, came to ter- we came to an agreement on a term sheet and it's just kind of those terms into um, into proper language for the CBA. So we're, we're continuing to kind of chip away at that. Um, obviously, that gets sent back and forth quite a few times. Um, and then with the new commissioner stepping in, too, it's been uh, it's been awesome getting to know him better. I think he's going to be really valuable for our for our league. Um, and something recently that wasn't part of the CBA negotiation, but um, the PA and uh, the league partnered up with uh, with LifeWorks, um, something that had been in the works since the start of the year, but just kind of got off the ground at the start of this month, was uh, to have kind of uh, mental health resources for our players. So we have 365, 24-7 assistance now for anybody who needs it and any family members or people who live with our players our members um, wow. as well as we have a couple life coaches or counselors that we vetted as well that are available to the guys for for a resource as well um, and they, they can also reach out to them if they're interested into interested in having some performance enhancing um, discussions as well um, so um, yeah just can kind of continuing to work with the league we're already discussing you know, the next CBA, um, even though it's three years down the road, those conversations have already begun. So um, trying to get ahead of ahead of that. And um, I thought this last CBA negotiation was fairly civil, um, I guess you could say, in, in the sense of it, it didn't go right up until the start of the season. Obviously, there was some nuances that happened over the last few years, and, and COVID played a part in sort of, the negotiation strategy, I think, for both sides and just wanting to work together a bit more um, just based on what we've been through. So I, I think it was uh, it was a good stepping stone negotiation for us um, collectively, and I think uh, we're heading in the right direction moving forward. 
You did just hear Reed touch on something very important in my opinion, which is the focus on mental health of the players and, and even more so that it extends to the players and, and their families, which I think is just such a, a wonderful part to be a wonderful piece of this, this CBA that has been agreed upon and, and focusing on you know what is best for the players' long-term health, both physical and mental. So here's a little bit more about how that all came together. Well, in our, in our CBA, we, we have resources for alcohol and, and, and drug abuse um, are kind of named specifically and for those types of situations. But I think, I think we all know now that there's people need assistance outside of those things as well, um, just in everyday life. Um, and so I, I, we felt it was super important to have that available to the guys. Um, we don't want to be in a situation where we have somebody reaching out to us and, and we can't help. So we want to make sure that we're there for, we're there for our, our colleagues, our teammates, um, our members, um, in order to make sure they have kind of everything available to them that, that they could need and, you know, I, I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable or, or anything so they can reach out to us or they can reach out directly themselves. And, um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, now that 2023, I w- we should have done this. I wish we did it earlier, to be honest. So, uh, I think we're almost late to the party. So, hmm. um, I'm glad that I'm glad that we have it now. You know, one of the, the main goals, I think that, that all the players and, and the league and the players association want for, for the sport of box lacrosse is we all want it to grow. We all want it to thrive. We all want it to be very successful. And so when we see different uh, and new ideas come out, like the watch party that just happened, which was very excellently hosted by Teddy Jenner, who I recently featured on the podcast and also Pat Gregoire, one of the, the most recognizable and best announcers in the game today. What what a cool idea that was. And then, of course, also having the outdoor game, which the San Diego Seals, Steve Govett and Josiah and all of those guys put together this spectacular event, which is so great for the sport. Uh, bringing the, the box game outdoors sets a, a new perspective on how we can really think about the box game. And, you know, when you look at the Winter Classic in hockey in the NHL, it's a, it's a really cool gimmicky idea that I think can bring newer fans in. So that was also really great. So I had to ask Reed, you know, from the PA's perspective, are these kind of things that they work on with the league and, and are these kind of things that they want to continue to do going forward? Yeah, that's, that's something that we, I don't, we don't necessarily have a a direct hand in some of that stuff, but um, for example, this morning we, we talked for a while about, you know, who could be on the next watch party, what type of players would be, interesting to listen to and things like that. So it's been nice having um, really broad kind of discussions on our weekly calls with the league or whenever we talk with them. Um, Sometimes it was very very specific in terms of, you know, gameplay and and things like that. But we've really kind of broadened our discussions into talking about essentially everything NLL and player related. So, um, you know, having a guy like Dane Dobie, to listen to during a watch party would be very interesting because he is such a smart player, sees the game in a in such an interesting light, or even having on the back of the bird guys because that would be pretty entertaining and you get some good yeah. perspectives there as well. Or 
having on a, a Christian Del Bianco or a goalie to give a, a goalie perspective. Um, also, so I, it's been good to see how, you know, the league likes to listen and, and learn. Um, and we have very open conversations and, you know, not everything is, not everything is positive that we talk about, but, um, feedback's always important, whether it's positive or negative. And, um, we're all just trying to help each other grow and get better and, and build up the league. So nothing's really met with animosity or anything like that. And, um, we all just kind of understand where each other are coming from and we're trying to try and make this as the best sport we can make it. Other than those endeavors that we were just talking about, you know, there are so many things I think that the NLLPA and Reed and Zach want to focus on and want to put their footprints down, especially in their their early years as vice president and president of the NLLPA. And you can see so much effort happening in so many different places. And you've heard a lot from Reed uh, today about what they're trying to do and what they already have done. So here are some more of the future plans and ideas that Reed and Zach have for, for the future of the PA and uh, working together with the league. I guess there's a, kind of a lot of things on the go. Um, you know, we, from a players association perspective, we want to create some of our, our own assets. Um, if we can, we want to continue to grow the sport. Um, obviously, which can take a number of different forms. Some ideas we have moving forward is, you know, a World Cup similar to what the NHL and the NHL, NHLPA have put on with maybe we have uh, like a youth North American all-star team with some younger players, maybe only rookies or maybe guys that are about to be drafted or are drafted would be at the combine, those type of guys, um, and then compete with players from other countries. Um help kind of grow the game i'd like to work with other countries to start playing uh, more box across you know put them in touch with our players to help coaching help with coaching and development um similarly we'd like to work with um, other school programs particularly in the states whether it be college university or or high school to help kind of develop and grow the box across game from the grassroots and i think that could be a good sort of working opportunity for some players throughout the week and maybe that helps transition us to full time. And then, then there's other kind of things like, you know, a strike fund, a pension plan, you know, extra player benefits and, and things like that, that just take kind of time to develop and it takes resources and, and, and money and, um, and things like that. So it's, it's a bit of a, a slow moving target, but, um, Hopefully one day we'll just we'll just keep developing and keep building and maybe one day we'll get there. We're we're trying to have the proper discussions to, to set us up for future success and um, we'll continue to do that. Wow, what a amazing and informative episode this was. It's been really fun trying to find different avenues to talk about stats, statistics, and numbers uh, that relate to box lacrosse that aren't necessarily game or milestone focus so it's been really great hearing from reed and hopefully all of you listeners have learned something not only about uh the cba but about the desert dogs and and las vegas and also about the future of the league and the game and and what the pa is trying to do so thank you so much reed for for joining me and sharing and obviously i am uh, a contributing writer uh part-time for the nllpa and i love helping you guys focus on on some of the guys around the league and what they're doing and highlighting them and giving them that platform to be able to have their stories told. So thank you so much, both Zach and Reed and the whole NLLPA for having me on to do that.
that now does bring us to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll. And I essentially was just asking you, you know, even though it's only been two and a half years since uh, Reed and Zach have taken the helm of the NLLPA, do you feel that it is beneficial for two players who are current players in the National Lacrosse League to be running things with the PA? 69% of you said it is very beneficial. 15% of you said it's beneficial. So that is a total of 84% and only 16% of you said no, it makes no difference. So if you do want to vote on any future Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll of the week, you can always find them on my Twitter, uh, which my Twitter handle, if you don't know, is now at Adam Levy NLL. So go find at Adam Levy NLL. If you don't already follow me, please do. There's always great quotes, content, stats, all kinds of different NLL related material on my Twitter every single day. There's new stuff. It's always great to watch that. So if you don't follow me already, go do that at Adam Levy NLL. And that is going to do it for this special episode of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast dropping on a Sunday. And as I said, we just dropped the other episode of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, episode number 42. Uh, that was yesterday. So then this coming week, if you haven't heard episode number 42, which was on Mitch Jones, and if you haven't heard uh, episode number 43, this one definitely uh, I'm happy for you guys to to be hearing it, to be listening, and to be learning about the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, learning about the players, learning about the league, and everything that is going on in the National Lacrosse League. So thank you so much for joining me. Week 16 is going to be amazing. We've got a big slate of games coming up. Eight games total, two on Friday, five on Saturday, and then one on Sunday. So don't miss any of the amazing Lacrosse League, National Lacrosse League action that's coming up in week 16. Have a great week, everyone, and I hope that you enjoyed week 15 of the National Lacrosse League. Talk to you soon.